From the studios of the Private Client Network in Midtown Manhattan, welcome to Luxury on Location. This dynamic new podcast features conversations with luxury realtor Kevin Snedden, founder of the Private Client Network at Compass and his Private Client Network partners. In this, our sixth episode, Kevin will be speaking with Margaret Brandt, our Private Client Network partner in Palm Beach. Margaret has quickly become a force in the luxury real estate arena, and here's why. Pairing diligence with insider knowledge throughout Palm Beach, Margaret brings her clients a winning combination of global relationships, local expertise, plus a successful track record. With over $235 million sold in the 10 months between April 2021 and February 2022, her results speak volumes. In fact, so far this year, Margaret already has over $175 million in closed or pending sales. What we admire most about Margaret is her confident approach, her strong work ethic, and her overall savvy. We are so fortunate to have Margaret in our private client network and are delighted to have her as our guest on Luxury on Location. Hello, Margaret, and welcome to Luxury on Location. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Our listeners are very excited for this episode. Everyone loves Palm Beach. Everyone's enamored by what goes on down there, the lifestyle, the expensive real estate, walking up and down Worth Avenue. So we're very excited to get going here. So with that, why don't you take our listeners through your background, how you got into real estate, and how you ended up in Palm Beach? Sure. So I've been working in real estate since my early 20s. So for about 12 years now, I've been working in real estate. I had a business that I started in New York City when I was probably 22 to 23 years old. So I've been doing this a long time. And I think what I've really done is kind of taken that New York City acumen and speed and business ethic, and I've taken that to a small island in Palm Beach. So we came full-time to Palm Beach in about 2016, 2017, put down roots. We're here year round starting then. And obviously the world has changed in the last few years with COVID and everything. And really our business took off significantly in the last few years. And we're really grateful for that and grateful to be serving a community that we love so much in Palm Beach. Where do you live in Palm Beach? It's a good question. So we We're on the north end of Palm Beach Island for the first four years, and we actually sold in the last year or so, and we're building a house right by the water in Soso, which is a really up-and-coming, great neighborhood. It's kind of across from the B&T Marlago. It's across from the estate section. So we're building a new house that's going to be bigger and an upgrade, and it has water views. We're excited about it. We should be there in the spring or early summer. That's good. I could imagine pulling off an upgrade in this market environment is not an easy thing to do. So good for you. <laughs> yes, it was, it's going to be good. We're all excited. The whole family is excited for it. That sounds great. So can you tell our listeners about the overall real estate market in Palm Beach? Yeah. The real estate market in Palm Beach has taken off in a way, I think, unprecedented. I know other markets have taken off, but I don't think anything quite like Palm Beach I think when COVID-19 happened, people kind of rethought everything, that they could work from home. They don't necessarily have to be in the office. And Palm Beach, where maybe, you know, in years past was a vacation destination or a place that 
maybe you came seasonally, you came November through March, now became a year-round or mostly year-round option for people. And kind of, I don't know, I would say like a calm from the storm or safety and security in such a crazy world. So the market took off in an exponential way. Just to give you some numbers, in 2019, we were a $1 billion market. And now in 2022, it's a $4 billion market. So 4X, the market has taken off. So it's taken off significantly. And with that, it's very limited inventory. The prices have gone up. And I don't see demand changing because even today, I mean, we have three groups that are in today that I'm doing later. Demand is continuing and I'm seeing a continuous move of people to Palm Beach. It's If you think about Palm Beach and I would say Aspen, those two markets Mm -hmm. through COVID here have really just been on fire. There are some other markets that have done real well, like parts of LA and Greenwich, but there's something about Palm Beach and Aspen. And the environments are small, right? There's a finite amount of inventory and the demand is just through the roof. Yeah. And demand is through the roof. Yeah. And Aspen is similar. But I think one thing we have is we're on the East Coast and people who want proximity, perhaps their kids are in New York or their kids are in Boston in school. It's easy to get to and from. I hear that a lot. Or their kids are in boarding school. I'm sure you get a lot of that like in Greenwich, but it's easy to get to and from Palm Beach from any city on the East Coast. Sure. I live in Greenwich and we're 10 minutes to Westchester Airport and fly into PBI and you're 10 minutes to to Palm Beach Island. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just, it's easy for people. So just to frame the market a little bit more for the listeners, what was the high sale on Palm Beach Island in 2021? Well, Scott Schleifer bought 535 North County. That's the most expensive home that's ever sold in Palm Beach. So that was 535 North County Road, 122.5 is what it recorded for. Now we have two homes that will become, one actually came on, one will be coming on, but Tarpon Island is a private island. It's our very good friend, Todd Glazer, who's developing that property. That's going to be coming on for $210 million, and it's the only private island in South Florida. There's no other island in Miami. In Miami, you have Star Island and Hibiscus Island, but not where you have your own private island. So this is the only private island available in South Florida. There's that. And then there's 901 North County, which actually came on this week. And this is an interesting story. It was a home that was sold last spring for $64 million. A developer came in, partnered with their agent, and they redid all baths. They did like all waterworks. They pulled off some wallpaper and relisted it within the last week for 115. So for the most expensive homes on the island, it would be 535 North County that sold last year. And now Tarpon coming on soon and 901 North Ocean, which is on now. Those are certainly incredible numbers. I'm amazed. So what about the cost of entry? What would you say is the cost of entry nice home on Palm Beach Island? It's really shifted. I would say today it's really, it's 10 million entry. Maybe you could get a little bungalow that's maybe eight or something like that. But where it really starts to get comfortable, I would say is 14, 15. I just sold a house, 268 Jamaica, we had it listed for $14 million. It was like 5,300 square feet. And just to give you a frame of reference, the first day we had 15 showings. The second day I had a signed offer and a backup. So the market for that entry level, like you just asked, I would say that entry level is 10 to 20 now. And there's a lot of buyers in that price point. There's a lot of activity in that 10 to 20. 
Wow. You know, I was just down there and I was with my father-in-law and we were just driving around and looking at some of the homes and I was explaining to him the, these price points and and I said to him, you could pitch a tent on this island and sell it for $10 million. <laughs> it yeah. seems, you know, yeah. it's just amazing. There was a cottage that was on for like $5 million recently that was 900 square feet, something crazy like 5,000 a foot. So yeah, I mean, that's not too far off. But I think for something comfortable, you're looking at $14, 15000000 million. That's what families want, a comfortable move-in ready house. It's fourteen, fifteen, And a nice, well-located $15 million offering doesn't take too long to sell. Not if it's priced correctly. We have seen there are some agents here who are putting on like grossly overpriced homes and those homes are sitting. But you'll see if things are priced correctly, like that Jamaica house or I have a different house that just went off market. We sold it. I was actually supposed to list it this week and I never even got a chance to list it because we also had a contract and a backup before I even got to MLS. So that house was 17 million new construction on the north end. So if you price it correctly, the houses are going within a matter of, I would say, days, if not like a week or 10 days, maybe if it's priced correctly. But there are some houses, if a house has been sitting in this market for 90 days or so, it's normally a price problem. Yeah, no, and we have real estate agents that listen to this podcast, and it was important, the point you made about pricing correctly, because no matter how high demand is, you really need to price correctly in any and every market, or you're not mm -hmm. going to be successful. Exactly. And there's not buyer fatigue, but I think there's buyer awareness. And so they they know what things are, and something that is priced at 19.5 that really should be at 15.5, that will sit. That will sit and the market kind of speaks for itself. I think some of the houses we've just sold recently, if it's priced correctly, there really is enough demand. But the buyers are aware and they want they want a nice house. They want a nice product. So in terms of the prevailing trend at this point in time, which is high demand and low inventory, you don't see that changing anytime soon. No, I don't see that changing, but I have a, a long list of buyers now and in this kind of market, at years past, you could look around for six months and think slowly on your decision to put in an offer. But now I think people need the best information. They need pre-market information. That's where we've been successful a lot of the time is, hey, listen, I have this house. It's supposed to hit MLS Friday. We're going to go see it Wednesday. We've done a lot of that. And that's really what buyers need. It's almost like pre-market, off-market and sometimes newly hit the market, but you need information. And I think that's where buyers have been more successful and gotten properties and avoided bidding wars because we've had quite a, I'm sure you've had that in Greenwich too, but I've been involved in several bidding wars here where multiple bids hit. You want to avoid that. So I think information is key and the agent you're working with is key to avoid getting you in a situation like that. So I think similar to the Hamptons, Palm Beach, pre-COVID were probably places that people would vacation, spend limited periods of time there during the year. And then I think through COVID and the opportunity to work remotely, especially people in high finance, have decided mm -hmm. to live permanently in places like the Hamptons and Palm Beach and even Aspen to a lesser extent. So can you mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about the trend of people now that really have moved onto that island permanently? Yeah, the first thing I'll say is that in years past, people would come seasonally, but Palm Beach has become really way more year-round. And maybe that doesn't mean 12 months, but it means 10 months. Maybe you go away in July or August. The other trend I've seen is that it's gotten significantly younger. I would say people in their 20s 
30s, 40s, into early 50s are moving to Palm Beach, where in years past, it might have been people that were winding down. This is now people winding up. They're bringing their businesses down. They're bringing their hedge funds down. They're getting their kids into school. I'm a mom of two young kids. I have a five-year-old and two and a half-year-old. We have so many friends that are our age that have come down, enrolled their kids in schools. And it's a different sort of progression. Like my husband grew up here in Palm Beach. And he said that growing up, it was a lot of people in their 60s and 70s that were coming for retirement or that were coming, you know, and even then they came November through April. But now it's young families that really Palm Beach is home. Maybe they have a house in the Hamptons for the summer, Nantucket, Aspen. They travel, but Palm Beach is home base. Palm Beach is where their kids are in school. And they're here September through June and just travel in the summer. It's interesting that you say that because my experience last week, I saw as many 30-somethings as I did 60-somethings. Right. And so now what we're running into, too, is school availability because we only have so many private schools here. So there's limited availability in some of the private schools. So some of the private schools now are expanding. They're building new buildings, actually, to accommodate the demand. But that's going to be part of it because that's part of the decision. Like if it were me moving to Palm Beach, I would want to make sure both of my kids could get into school. So we have to make sure we have the room for these people in the schools as well, because that's that goes in tandem with the real estate. You need the schools and you need the house. That's a good point. You need the overall community infrastructure, healthcare, mm-hmm. education. And that's what's been going on in the Hamptons as well, because the, the Hamptons infrastructure was not built for many people living there year round. Right. So let's move into your business, how you have your team structured, how you operate your business, how you differentiate yourself in the marketplace. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear. Sure. So our business is really comprised of me. I'm like the only agent on the team. So I'm the only one showing properties, taking listings. My husband, Blair, works with me just in business development. He has several properties. We're in development too. So he's developing several properties as well, but he's helping with my business development. Under Blair, we have two assistants. So we have Abby and Riley who are working with us. They do all of my marketing. They are like the second me. Like if I can't be two places at once, they're both licensed and can show up for me. If we have two showings at one time, they can go for me. They help with paperwork. They help with contracts. So that's sort of the team. It's a team of four. And so differentiating myself, I think we're working harder and we're working smarter than anyone else in the Palm Beach market today. I'm significantly younger. My competition as of year to date, I'm number three in Palm Beach. So I think we're working harder. We're working smarter. I have a lot of energy and I have a really good team behind me. So I I do have help. I don't think I can do it all myself. So I have really good infrastructure and really good support behind me with the four people I just mentioned. Yeah, no, I think that's a smart approach. I tell everyone in this business, surround yourself with the best people and they'll elevate your game all day long. And I've done the same and and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without having really good people around me. Right. And everyone's good at something different. So like if I have someone who's really excellent at contracts and loves to sit behind a desk and send contracts back and forth and sign an addendum and do this. That's not my area of expertise. I'm really good at showing the houses. I'm really good at getting listings. I'm really good at getting buyers out, getting them from their plane, taking them out to lunches. That's really more what I'm doing, like the client-facing stuff. And then I have a back office 
that's helping me with stuff that frankly, I'm not that good at. So I think delegating, I've learned to get a little bit better at delegating and not trying to do it all myself. I think I could improve a bit even more to that. But in the last year, I think I've improved in delegating certain tasks so that it's manageable. Yeah, you want complementing skill sets on a team. And I tell people on my team, you know, we're looking for your highest and best use. And when you can put a complementing set of people together and get them all optimizing to highest and best use, you can really get a lot done. Exactly. Even little things like opening a house before I get there, like when I show up, all the lights are on, the candles are lit, and the buyer walks in, and I'm not running around. I'm focused on them. And before I get there, everything is set up so that it shows perfectly. And we're paying attention to details like that. I think a lot of people have gotten kind of spoiled, and they walk in, just hit the lights. Like I will have someone go before, hit the lights, hit the candles. It smells good. It, there, maybe there's music on. We really are putting in that extra effort, and I think it's paying off. No, that's important. You're really selling a lifestyle, a state of mind. People are going to want to transport themselves when they step into a piece of real estate that you're offering. You have to showcase all those elements. So you you seem to be doing a good job doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I think another way that you differentiate yourself is in the private markets, right? You do a substantial portion of your business is off-market transactions. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a symptom of the market. There's just not a lot. We have been doing a lot off market. The good example is this house I was supposed to list that we had a, a listing agreement signed, every all the photo, I paid for video, all this stuff with every intention of listing it. And then we had two contracts before. So that's why I just it's so information is key and the agent you're working with is key. And a lot of things are going before they hit the market. Often the best stuff is going before or shortly after it hits the market. So in terms of your year-to-date sales, I believe you're at in contracted and closed about $175 million year-to-date, and it's not even April 1st, so that's really impressive. So what's sort of the average sale price? I imagine there are some big-ticket big sales there. Yeah. The average sale price now is probably like 15 to 18 if you were to average all of them. Our largest sale year-to-date is I represented the seller of an oceanfront lot, it was seven ocean lane. It was a 20,000 square foot direct oceanfront lot that they will, the new buyer will be building a spec house on. I represented the seller of the lot. So that was our largest sale year to date. Our smallest sale year to date was probably a two and a half million dollar condominium. But we've done a lot in between. I just sold a $20 million townhouse in town. It's on Brazilian. The address is 219 Brazilian. We sold 365 North County which was like an expansive estate on a 24,000 square foot lot. That was 22 and a half million. And then several, the 10, 12, 14 range. But that's really the pricing here. But we, we're doing everything in between the two to $40 million or so. Can you still buy a condo for two or three million on the island? You can. I had an investor that bought that condo and it is in an oceanfront building with a beach club. It's got renovated and we negotiated Meredith Bauer furniture. So it's all like super nice furniture and she's going to lease it out and it'll be, you know, an expensive rental for someone either annually or seasonally. You can rent it out for 25,000 a month or so. Yeah, that's interesting. Speaking about the rental market. So can you rent a house on Palm Beach? Can you rent a condo? And, And what's that market like? You can. You can definitely rent a condo. You can rent a house. 
I had someone recently who they rented a house and they said to me, we're not renters. We were never meant to rent. Like they've never rented something in their life. And she called me every two minutes like we're not meant to rent. But if you're flexible, I mean, the rental houses are not going to be perfect. When you buy something, it can be perfect. But a rental house, it comes with its quirks. We've all rented stuff. It's never like perfect, right? But you can. Houses on the North End can be up to 100000 a month seasonally. It could be more than that even. The oceanfront estates, there's several. On Villa Los Incas, there's one. 473 North County is a big oceanfront estate. They have that on for 250000 a month. So you can definitely rent. It just depends on what you want. But there are rental options. So we're going to transition into my favorite part of these podcasts is lifestyle. So I think the listeners would really like to hear of what's the lifestyle like? What's the perfect day in the life of living in Palm Beach? And like, what do you like to do there? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, I think that's like probably the most important question in this, because that's really why everyone wants to be here. I think a day in the life here. So where we live now, we can hop right over the bridge. I got a new convertible. You're riding in your convertible over to your office. The school's here too. So like two of the private schools are right by the water. So you drop your child off. Palm Beach Day Academy is on Flagler. It's really pretty. This is the lower campus. So you drop your child off. And yeah, and I think what people like about Palm Beach is you can be outside year round. So like 12 months of the year, people are exercising every day. We have the trail. So on the north end of Palm Beach and in Soso El Cid, there's like a running and biking trail. And I would say that people are health focused here, whether they're exercising at home, at their club. There's several clubs here, like the Breakers. I'm sure you've been, Kevin, the Beach Club, Marlago, all of these places have gyms. I think there's a an emphasis, at least a lot of my clients and friends on like health and wellness here. We have a place, Field of Greens, which is like a great pickup place. They have juice cleanses, they have salads, and that place has done just totally bonkers business. It's great health food pickup. And for example, lifestyle, the other night, a really good friend of mine who lives on the ocean invited us over to do sunset yoga. And I've never done this before, but after I did this, I was thinking I want to do this every night. But 6.30 to 7.30, oceanfront, she had like a really amazing yoga instructor come over and it was six girls and we did yoga on the beach at sunset and with daylight savings here it just that is like the prettiest hour like 6 30 to 7 30. so i think we're just kind of spending a lot of time outside eating outside playing outside kids have the ability to swim and be outside almost year round and the oceanfront yoga i think that's a good snippet because that was just a really special night and it's just so pretty out there in the evening can you speak to the restaurant scene and resorts and how they've fared through COVID and what's happening now? Well, yeah, I think the restaurant scene here, they really did not experience a dip that restaurants may have experienced up north. If anything, I think they've taken off. For example, Bill Bacay, that's a New York City hotspot, is here in Palm Beach and you can barely get a reservation. It's so hard to get in there like in the evenings on like a Saturday, Friday such a fun scene though. And then we have other restaurants like Almond, Renato's, Pizza El Fresco. And it really, I mean, I'm sure you saw this when you were here, Kevin, but it's hard to get a reservation. Like you really have to like know someone. It's not one of those things where you just have to, you know, you can just walk in or something. So I think the restaurants have flourished, frankly, throughout COVID here. I'm sure the resorts, now that people are comfortable traveling again, I know the Breakers was packed. The colony where you guys helped us Mm -hmm. get a room was crowded and everything seems to be just vibrant and 
really busy and it, there's tremendous energy on that island. Yeah. I mean, the Breakers is a big hotspot colony, white elephant. There's quite a few hotels here. And I think, I mean, you were here during spring break, so that's probably like the busiest week, but they're busy throughout the year. And the Breakers has conferences. They had like the NFL retreat last weekend. So like all the NFL players were here. There's always something fun happening in Palm Beach, like at the Breakers. They always have something fun. I think the overall lifestyle is just very attractive. It's very luxurious and scenic island and the weather, it was probably 80 degrees when I was down there and I flew back to New York and it was 28 degrees when I landed and it's almost April. We've, you know, we've had a cold March, so I can see the draw there. And it's just so easy to get to from the New York area. It's so easy to get to. And I think people have realized we can work from here. We can keep our business going from here and people at all levels. I mean, the heads of banks are moving their businesses down here. Big investors from all over the country are choosing Florida to invest in. I mean, I can't tell you how many investors I have that want Florida and want Florida bad. So I think there's just like a systemic shift in both lifestyle and business to Florida. That's a really good point. And I know that there's been demand for, say, the high finance crowd that wants to live in places like Palm Beach and Palm Beach in particular. And large banks and banks of all sizes have responded and they've opened up office outposts in those markets so that they can accommodate their best talent and let them live the life that they want to live and still accommodate them so they can continue to work for the same bank, for example. Yeah. And a lot because of the pricing here, some of those banks, the people are coming down can do the island, you know, like a partner. Some can do so-so El Cid. And then some are even expanding throughout Palm Beach County. So they're moving to Jupiter. Their kids are going to Benjamin. It's been like a huge influx to Palm Beach County in general, not just like Palm Beach Island where our business is based. But some of those people coming down can live in Palm Beach Gardens or Jupiter and commute 15, 25 minutes to downtown, which, by the way, is like so much easier than an hour commute from Greenwich or one of those, you know, they're coming from like a suburb of New York City. Like I had someone recently from Darien to New York City. And even here, like worst case, it's like 25 minute car ride. So it's really not that far. We have two sets of listeners. We have real estate agents that listen to this podcast, and we have the consumer buyers and sellers of luxury real estate. So what would you say to real estate agents that want to break into the luxury real estate market? What's the best way that you think they should go about that? That's a good question. I think you have to have a thick skin, you have to stick to it, and you have to get some good ambassadors behind you. I think that's what really helped me is I just got a few, it doesn't have to be a lot of good people, but a few great, almost like brand ambassadors behind you that really believe in you and stick with it because it doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time. And I think my dad used to say, if it was easy, everyone would do it. It's not easy, but if you stick in there and just basically don't stop, which is what I did, it eventually works. That's really good advice. That's really good advice. Yeah, I'm still that way. You just don't stop and hang in there and keep going at it. And eventually it works, but it's not like an easy thing. You just have to stick with it, get some good people behind you. Yeah, I think some of those real estate television shows do us a disservice because they make it look like it's a very easy business to break into and to conquer. And it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of things that go beyond the scenes. And we do a good job of not exposing our clients to a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes just because we don't want to insert drama into that equation. 
Exactly. We just had something like that recently and the client just can't have any, they just can't know anything like that because you want everything smooth for them. Yeah. So the other group of listeners we have are buyers or sellers or people that are listening to this podcast probably for the reason that they're thinking about moving to Palm Beach. So here's your chance to put on your ambassador hat and sell Palm Beach to our listeners that might be considering a move. Well, all I'll say, I think Palm Beach is one of those places that kind of sells itself. I don't think I can do any justice to how great Palm Beach is. But I can say for us, coming to Palm Beach was the best decision we've ever made. The ability to be outside 12 months of the year, the health and wellness, the business-friendly environment, the tax-friendly environment. Yeah, and I think just the lifestyle of being able to eat your meals outside and to have your kids outside all year it's been a whole new frontier. So I would welcome you to Palm Beach if you ever want to hear more about it or what some of the options are here. I'm always happy to like chat through it with you. But it's a really special place that I feel so passionately about it. And honestly, I'm just so grateful to be serving a community that I love so much here in Palm Beach. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Margaret. We're going to wrap up this episode of Luxury on Location. And we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. A sincere thank you to Margaret Brandt for being our featured guest on our sixth episode of Luxury on Location. That was a fantastic conversation, which we sincerely hope our listeners enjoyed. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. We understand there are many podcasts out there, so we appreciate that you chose Luxury on Location for your listening pleasure. We hope to see you back for Episode 7 when Kevin will be speaking with another one of our private client network partners and discussing their dynamic luxury real estate market. In the meantime, please check out the Private Client Network at Compass, your nationwide resource for luxury real estate. We operate in virtually every luxury real estate market in the country. You can find us at theprivateclientnetwork.com or on Instagram at privateclientnetwork. Until next time! We'd like to thank the sponsors of this episode of Luxury on Location. Experience luxury vehicles like never before. Are you tired of being locked into leases? Join Motor Envy. No commitment, no maintenance, no headaches. All drive. Visit motorenvy.com forward slash LOL to receive your exclusive access, courtesy of Luxury on Location. Greenwich International Film Festival is an all-female-founded nonprofit organization that harnesses the power of film to serve the greater good by bringing to attention important issues related to basic human rights, education, the environment, and healthcare. GIF offers films, panels, and special events throughout the year, including the prestigious Changemaker Gala, which will take place May 25, 2022, and will honor Lin-Manuel Miranda for his work with the Miranda Family Fund. To learn more about GIF, our events, and membership opportunities, please visit GreenwichFilm.org.